Welcome back, everyone, to the Big Ed Boys and You podcast. Uh, it's a tough day today. Um, I mean, I'm joined here with with Connor and Richie, as always. We have a, we have a good guest on today, which is some good news. But it is the last episode of the Big Ed Boys and You podcast. No. Until season two, that is. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, before we get started, I'll just give you guys a little bit of logistics for season two. We will be starting bright and early in next year in 2021. But as I just tricked you all into thinking, this is our last episode for season one. How do you guys feel about that? We've done 15 episodes. Uh, I never thought we'd actually get this far, to be honest. I, you know, it started off as a fun run. Let's do two, three or four. And right before we started, I was like, holy shit, this is 15. That's crazy. So I'm excited for season two and what we have in store for season two, because we already have it really mapped out and planned out, which is the cool part. So we're kind of creating that vision and seeing that vision and it's coming to life, which is really rare sometimes. And uh, it's, it's very fun to see. Yeah. I think what has been interesting is the, where we started to where we're going. You know, when we started this, it wasn't really, the idea wasn't to become a, like create a podcast or gain a following or anything. It was just, Hey, let's, Let's just have a podcast. Let's let's have a conversation and then turn it up. We should record these conversations. They're pretty interesting. And it was, uh, all right, we're actually doing this and we've gotten to 15 episodes. But I mean, I see, think season two is pretty exciting because now, you know, we're really getting into it, really going to spice some things up, you know, add some extra ingredients in there and uh, make this baguette a little bit better tasty. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I totally agree. But, uh, and season two is going to be exciting, but until we get there, we still have season one, which today we have a very special guest on. It's our one of our good friends from high school, Brian Chung. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Nice. Well, uh, tell, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Brian. Um, I, like they said, I'm a high school friend of the Baguette Boys uh, <laughs> from South High. Uh, went to... A, college at USC. So fight on. I know we have some, well, we have one UCLA, but, but fight on. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, let's see. Graduated uh, with a major in animation uh, film and uh, didn't end up doing that after college. I've been running my own business called Alabaster. We uh, basically make Bibles that look like art books or coffee table books uh, along with, you know, products around that um, for since I graduated. And uh, yeah, it's just been a really fun journey uh, building a business uh, from scratch and also married for almost two years now to Sian, who I met at USC. So fight on again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Besides the USC part, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fired up by that. Not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, we get a lot more interesting perspective from you, I think, than we've had from different guests in the past, you know, given your background. I mean, obviously, we've known you since high school, but I think, you know, with the building a business and getting married, uh, you know, I think you add some perspective that I don't think we've had here before. Yeah. Yeah, excited to get into it. Well, um, before we jump into asking a little Brian a little bit more about um, his life and just how he's gone about everything, um, we're going to review our challenge from last week which was answering these three questions about risk-taking. So the three questions was, what was the last big risk you took and what was the result? Did you learn anything? If so, what? And on a scale of one to 10, how much of a risk-taker are you right now? And I emphasized it last time, but I wanna emphasize it again. The, the right now is supposed to be like, right now in this moment, I think a lot of people can take that as like a culmination of where they've come from their lives. But I, I want to make sure we're taking that as right now. So I'm, uh, I'm looking at Connor. How, how you did for these three? Uh, I did all right. I mean, the last, we talked about the last big risk that we all took in the last podcast. Um, and that was for me moving to Boston, going to the other side of the country and staying on the other side of the country. And the outcome was great. I mean, it, it matured me. It helped build character, it helped build perspective. And so I, I think that's a huge success. And, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how much of a risk taker am I right now? I'd say I've gotten a little bit more complacent um, since settling in. So I'd probably give myself probably a seven right now of, of being a risk taker. I'm not at that 10 level of ready just to like jump on anything that's coming through, but 
I'm definitely not in the complacency setting where that can really deteriorate success. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Nice. Did pretty good. Richie, what about you? Yeah, I think mine is also pertaining to moving. So moving from Los Angeles to New York City and, you know, not not having any friends there really was the big one for me. I mean, Cotter's in Boston, which was, you know, relatively close, but uh, it is quite far. Um, and, you know, having to make my own friends, you know, I got, luckily, you know, so there were some things that removed some risk, I guess, but at the end of the day, it was still pretty risky to go out there with no friends and having to make my own. Um, I think the second question, what did I learn? Yeah, I think this is this is a big one. I think what you have to realize is, I think Derek's mentioned it when he talks about moving to Seattle is, you know, you think that you're this person that's so outgoing and you can make any friends. <laughs> and the reality is, is, you know, when you go across country, or you go make a big move like this, uh, you have to kind of double down on that and actually do it. Um, you're not just going to meet somebody randomly at a, at a bar and become best friends with this person you have to get out of your way to go make friends and i think if you want to make the right friends you especially have to find things that you're interested in and double down on making friends with those those people and then where do i stand today as it stands for risk taking i think i'm pretty low um i wanted to say five i'm probably lower than that to be honest i think i'm like pretty pretty uh non-risk taker i'm probably around three reason I say non-risk taker is only because I say like, I want to do a lot of these big things, like, you know, move to Austin, move to wherever and, you know, shift up, sh shake some things up in my career or whatever it might be. Um, you know, go start a business or whatever it might be, but I haven't done it. And uh, I think this 2021 is, uh, is going to be where I have to, you know, snowball this and move into that riskier category. So we'll see how it goes. Nice. You yeah. Do Oh, yeah. Well, as I say, I love that. That I mean, the whole part of the challenge is to, to recognize it. So I'm glad that you're recognizing it. But um, yeah, for me, I so I I'll jump straight to the third question. Um, I was thinking about it for a lot because I didn't know what number I wanted to give myself. But I think since quitting, I would say quitting my job was probably the biggest, bigger risk, riskier thing. And because of that, I want to get I'll give myself an eight. Um, Maybe maybe eight and a half, but I noticed that because I've been spending money a little bit more frivolous, frivolously when I don't have a job, which is a little bit more risky. Um, it, it's just a weird thing. I think I'm just in this mindset where it's like I want to do everything right now, so I'm trying to do everything right now. So that's why I give myself like an eight or eight and a half. Um, and with that, that quitting my job is definitely the bigger risk than moving to San Francisco, even though I did two big life things right now because it was very symbolic of me to kind of like move on from like the first and only career job I've ever had. I, I think in the, again, the suburban dream uh, that I was, I was raised up in that, that first job was like the, what, what I was supposed to do and just kind of work in this enterprise setting and like get good benefits and just live the rest of my life like that. But breaking away from that was a big thing. So I learned a lot in that um, Kind of like Richie said, when you're making friends, if you want to make something happen, you you have to make it happen. You can't just kind of go along with it, which which um, when you grow up in the burbs, I think it's just everything's kind of again handed to you. You know, it's just kind of it's easier. So well, you're not in you're not in college anymore, where you can uh, knock on anybody's dorm room and try to make friends with them, or they don't have all these like gatherings where you can naturally meet people. So, right, especially stuff. during COVID. <laughs> yeah, this, this, the challenge was fun. So uh, I think it went well. It was a little bit of a journaling exercise, but let's uh, let's roll on into our one minute we can review. And since when I actually, you know what, I'm gonna put Brian on the spot. This is this is some good uh, good stuff for you. Do you, I'm ready. Would you be able to would you be able to answer these questions uh, top of your head? The risk questions. Yeah. Sure. Um, you want me to repeat I, them? Yeah, yeah. Repeat them. All right. So the first one was, what was the last big risk you took, and what was the outcome? Did you learn anything? If so, what? On a scale of one to ten, how much of a risk taker are you right now? So I think this I, I think this is an interesting question. Um, I would say, I mean, I, I would just say it depends on how you're looking at risk. Okay, so I would say on one hand, sure, I'm a risk taker in the sense of like uh, there's been a lot of transitions in my life over the past one or two years. Right, I got married. I moved to Chicago right after we got married, and then I moved back to LA. I uh, I think we're just continuing to take risks in the business um, and just bought a place here in LA. 
So I would say risk in the sense of there's a lot of transitions, but I would say not risky in the sense of like all of those decisions were, were made in a way that was like trying to, um, with like risk mitigation in mind. So like mm. saving up a lot um, for the business, it's like, okay, we're trying to expand. But when we do that, there's like certain hires we have to make. And that to me is about risk mitigation, not necessarily like taking a risk. Like I'm yeah. trying to reduce the risk that I'm taking on. So I guess you could see it as risky, but you could also see it as not risky. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I think it's that makes more perfect of a, it's a, yeah, it's two sides of, the, of, of a coin. I love that. That's a different perspective that we would not have thought about. We've talked right now is about like, just rip the bandaid, just do it. Mm -hmm. like, I, yeah. like, I think that's Derek's perspective on things. Just rip the bandaid off. But I think <laughs> yeah, I get that. I think it's like, just depends. I think it depends on what it is, you know, like I think there's, uh, that's why I think it's an interesting question. Cause there's like risk in the like gun ho sense, which I think there's a time for that, but there's other, I think there's lots of different ways to think about risk. Before I move on, I do. What about that last question? How would you rate yourself from one to ten? Uh, I give myself a five because I mm -hmm. think I think going back, like I could, you could see the things that I do as risky, but I I think of them as like actually very risk averse, and I'm trying to do invest in things, whether it's in the business or you know the things that I'm doing, but it's ultimately to eliminate risk, not uh, take on more. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because, you know, looking at, at it from an outside view, I'd say like a lot of the decisions you made were risky. You know, starting your own business is super risky, but you've made your decisions based on those risk factors and said, all right, how can I mitigate that and make it as least risky as possible? So whereas I see it as like, damn, he really took that risk and jumped in. You have already thought about everything and you're like, oh, it's not risky at all. I know exactly the plan I'm doing. I know exactly how I'm going to get there. So that's super, super interesting because I would have, I mean, I still think about starting a business and I go, damn, I don't even know where to start. And you kind of just tackled it right out of right out of college where a lot of people don't have that kind of um, inspiration to do that. Or maybe they have the inspiration, but just don't have the balls to do it, really. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because, like, I think about starting a business and I think, like, yeah, I, I, I did it, but I try to do it in the least risky way possible. Mm -hmm. You know, like, even <laughs> thinking about, like, I started on Kickstarter because it was very not risky because yeah. that's the way you get your upfront cash, right? I didn't need to like take out a loan. I didn't need to do any of that. Kickstarter was the way for me to test my product, test that it would work in a way that was actually very risk averse. Very cool. We're going to have to get into all this in a separate podcast, like super <laughs> diving into like how to build a business. Cause I think that's yeah. very yeah. interesting. I think me and Connor would just, would just sit here and take notes for your lecture for an hour. Just, just talk, oh, yeah. Brian. I'll just listen. I, I like I like talking about business, <laughs> but yeah. It depends on what kind of business you want to start. Otherwise, I might not know. But <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was expecting Richie to jump in and say our sponsor this week is Kickstarter. Thank you for sponsoring <laughs> us. No, Brian's actually sponsoring us. Actually, <laughs> yeah. you can find all of his information in the guest description. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's move on to our one minute weekend review. Um, we'll do this and we'll include Brian as well. So I'll kick us off where I actually finished my course for software engineering through general. Hey, congrats, brother. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. It, it, it's been a good ride. I, uh, I had like a, actually a really, really tough week just because the project was, was so big and I took on a lot. And when I came to graduation day, I didn't like feel flat, but I just like, I didn't really feel like super accomplished. And it wasn't until people did like the graduation ceremony that I realized it was kind of a big thing just because for me, it was part of like a larger goal. It was like a, the first step towards a larger goal, but I, it, it was nice to celebrate and, and like celebrate with the people I went through this with. And, and Richie even reminded me of that too. And I was like, yeah, you know what? And I, I did something big and I should, I should be proud. So I actually had a really good weekend with that in mind. So it's been a nice week. Dang. You mentioned my name in there. So I guess I might as well called me out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think my week was pretty, went pretty well. I, can't say I did anything in particularly different than last week. So pretty much just following the routine of, you know, working those East Coast hours, trying to exercise, trying to find my goals, listening to a lot of different books and reading some books. Um, I did talk to Derek, congratulated him on his recent uh, accomplishment. Um, but other than that, I, you know, I can't say I've done anything you know, that, that out there. 
Um, I'm just pretty much just buckling down and trying to get through my my goals and uh, through the rest of the year. I did buy quite a bit of gifts, um, which I guess we can talk about maybe later. Um, you know, showing some gratitude to some people. Ooh, foreshadowing. Yeah, did you get that tax write off for any of those gifts? <laughs> These are not business related gifts. <laughs> Uh, well, my week was terrible. Uh, this is probably one of my worst weeks since recording this podcast oh. with, yeah, with any goal related point of view. I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore. Yeah. I just want, I wanted the week to be over. I was so happy that Sunday came around cause Sunday is the day where I want to be lazy and get to be lazy. And, uh, I think I was just, I had my eyesight on Sunday on Tuesday. So <laughs> Um, I didn't really get any of my goals done. Uh, it was kind of like a, it, it was a very rough week. Uh, with the, the nor'easter that came through with Monday and Tuesday for work just being chaotic and not not what it usually is, it just kind of set me up for failure. And I let that mindset get the best of me. So uh, I recognize on how poor I was with a lot of the self-discipline that I wanted to, to have for myself with running and uh, getting a lot of other things done. So I'm, I'm trying to write off this week and not beat myself up too much about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a better sec- third week in December. So uh, hopefully I don't have another week like this again. I really just didn't get anything done. And maybe, maybe you're supposed to have weeks like this sometimes. Um, but, you know, that's, that's it. Uh, I talked about it. I'm done with it. Brian, take us home. <laughs> I cannot talk about this week anymore. Uh, week was good. Um, my brother is in town. We picked him up last Sunday. Uh, my younger brother, Jake. Uh, yeah, we, my, everyone was going to come. Uh, my, my parents were going to come too, but obviously because of COVID plans have changed. Uh, but my brother is still here and he's here for three weeks. So I think we're excited about that. Uh, it'll just be the three of us for Christmas, but, uh, we have a lot of cooking plans in mind and we're excited about that uh i also watched tenet twice this week <laughs> uh it's very good uh i think it's christopher nolan's best film it's a little controversial uh but i watched it two days in a row because it is like a true mind bender more Dang. so than i think any of his other films uh if you do watch it i recommend watching it with subtitles <laughs> because we watched it without subtitles the first time and it was very, very confusing. But I think it was very good. I think it was very thoughtful. I think it's Christopher Nolan at, you guys know his other films, right? Yeah. I think it's Christopher Nolan at his purest. Like he truly has given, he's truly been given the green light from Hollywood to do whatever he wants. And I love it. I think that shows in Tenet very well. He directed the, the Batman series, right? He directed the Batman series. He's Inception, Dunkirk. All pretty good uh, movies. Interstellar. Yeah. All good oh, stuff. I'm for it. I'm so for it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. Totally watch it now. <laughs> right now? Yeah. yeah. After this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it just came nice. out on Tuesday. So. Very cool. Do it. And you've seen it twice already. It's only Sunday. I've seen it twice <laughs> already. Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about cooking what are you what are you guys cooking that you're uh, looking forward to i know you mentioned you're looking forward to it so yeah so uh christmas uh we're planning a christmas eve dinner and a christmas day dinner christmas eve is going to be cow day so we're thinking <laughs> steak and i'm going to try to make like a short rib rice okay. that i had at this restaurant i'm going to try to recreate it yeah. maybe slightly healthier and then Christmas Day, we'll do. We'll try to make pasta from scratch, and then I'm gonna try to roast a chicken. Wow, pasta pasta from scratch. Yeah, that's that's some work right there. Do you have like a cutter? No, we just go roll it out and hand cut that. Nice. That's actually fun. That's actually a lot of fun. That's awesome. Do you have room for your foster sibling? (laughs) You want? Yeah, you want to go down? (laughs) I'm gonna. I'm coming down. I'm coming down tomorrow. Okay. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, it sounds like we had, a, a, on average, between the four of us, a decent <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, count me out. Everybody had a great week. <laughs> I'm bringing everybody down. I hey. do have a question, Connor, real quick before we jump yeah, in. Of How do you expect to flush last week and move on this week? What exactly are you going to do to get you in that mindset for this week? Uh, I've already planned out my week. Uh, 
well, Christmas is here, so that's a that's a bright side. So if there's one thing to keep my mind positive and and keep a smile on my face, it's that I get four days off of work in a row, which never happens. So I will be uh, enjoying that. So I just know I have three full work days to to power on through, and then I can not check out, but be comfortable and be be present. Because a lot of times we like to not be present. If you know what I mean. Plan yeah. on words because of Christmas too. Damn, damn, Richie! That I love it. Bring that tough love. I know. Sorry, I, uh, I have to ask because I think everybody, everybody's gonna run into these. Sometimes you gotta slow down to speed up, and it sounded like last week it was, uh, you know, you gotta slow down a little bit. So now, looking forward to next week. You got it planned. Now you're gonna speed back up and uh, take two steps forward. I had a feeling you were gonna ask me something like that, so I already knew. I was like, look, the guys are gonna ask me how am I gonna bounce back from a tough week. I have to have something. So. You, read down your, you read your answer right from the script. Christmas <laughs> <laughs> pen and paper right here. Well, I, I'm sure you'll have a much better week. I'm, I'm here for it. For sure. Cool. All right. So now we're going to jump in and uh, ask Brian a few questions just to get a little insight into his um, business starting life that uh, I know Richie and Connor are very envious of. So let's do it. I, I want to jump in and kind of just rip the bandit off in the terms of um, especially with starting a business, Brian, what what struggles did you face? Because I know we all are scared of, of of starting a business, but we're all scared of those low points. I think is what we're really scared of. Struggles. Um, it's almost like where do you start, right? <laughs> like you want me to talk about failures? Yeah, I think be good. I think I have a particular struggle that might be helpful to start with. Yeah. When you said you were going to start a business, and people were like, "What the hell?" Uh, how did you answer that, I guess? And what, what kept you motivated to continue to push through? Okay, that's a good question. Yeah, I'll start there. Okay, so Thank when you, we Richie. first started, um, I mean, I think the, the good thing was like, I wasn't attached to anything specifically. Um, like I had an idea and uh, I wasn't like too emotionally attached to the idea in any way. That's, I think that's the benefit of Kickstarter and the mentality that you have to go into. Use Kickstarter, use these types of platforms to test your product. It, you know, they talk about in tech, like product market fit. Like you need to think about if your product has product market fit. Um, and for us, right, like uh, that's kind of where we started. Like uh, basically, you know, I grew up in a Christian space and uh, saw a gap between the Christian world and the art world, basically, and those things feeling basically disconnected. Like if you think about, I don't, you know, there's a lot of like Christian history that I don't have to go into here, but basically there's a big gap between kind of like the church and creativity and art and like things like that. And there's a disconnect between the two. Basically what we were trying to do with our product was bring those things together to, see, to, to say that together they matter, they become something more special rather than less special. I think uh, that's kind of the uh, story that we came in with for doing the product. Um, I think, yeah, it was scary for sure. Uh, I wouldn't say there were naysayers. I would just say that uh, there were people who were maybe confused by the idea or confused by like how, like how this, would, this could become a business and not just a project. And I could really see, oh, I want to build this. If I'm going to do it, I want to build it into a business. Like I want it to, I want to do more things than just this one project that we launched on Kickstarter. Um, but I think what kept me going is uh, surrounding myself with people who are optimistic. I mean, I think that's why I respect you guys. Even the way you guys talk with each other, it sounds like you guys are really motivating each other towards your goals and your optimism. And I think for me too, like that was super important starting something i mean my business partner his name is also brian like i think i don't think you should start a business by yourself i think it's stupid <laughs> i think you should start it with someone you are really close to and someone that compliments uh you know is basically the opposite of you and i think that was true for my business partner you know i think we uh brought different things to the project i think just together is better and uh, you can push each other to uh, do things better. Uh, I, have a, I have a question. So how long did it take for the action to happen from vision to action plan? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, 
So I, I think uh, the idea started uh, when I was a senior in college. For me, I think it was, uh, again, grew up in a Christian space, but also was a creative major and uh, wanted to figure out how to intersect those things, reconcile them better. That was basically for uh, for me when the idea started, but I mean, I didn't really act on it uh, until after college. So when I graduated, I think it was uh, Brian and I, again, my business partner, just kind of talking about those ideas and then thinking, and then at some point, just talk those that talking became oh we should actually try something we should start something and for us it was let's start with the bible is obviously like the main thing in uh in christianity and so um we basically spent the summer of 2016 building a kickstarter and so there's a lot of different parts to that uh from getting a mock you know starting to reach out to your friends starting to do like product research as in like uh asking people what they think about your product and um, what, uh, you know, how much would you pay for this? Things like that. Uh, and when then, you graduated, it was 2016, right? You graduated yes. 2016. And when you were 2016, you just said, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. We're going to do this and we're going to just go for it. Is that what happened? Or how did, how did it, like, did you have it? Like, did you risk mitigate by having a job and doing it? Or how did, how'd you go about it? Yeah, I had a job. Um, we, and I mean, we didn't go full time until three years in. So like it, it was a part-time thing until year three. Uh, but yeah, I had a part-time job um, working for the campus ministry, the uh, the Christian ministry that I was a part of in college. I became a part-time, basically you can think of it as a part-time employee with them. Um, so that was, it actually worked out perfectly where like that I literally only spent half my time doing that and then half my time trying to start Alabaster. And so, yes, it was very much risk mitigation in the sense of I wouldn't have started the business if I didn't have something else. And I think that's true for a lot of entrepreneurs. Like I know the Warby Parker story is like very famous where the Warby Parker guys like didn't, they had full-time jobs basically until they launched. And even then they still had full-time jobs for a while. And so I think that's true for a lot of entrepreneurs that um, even if they start something, they usually have a job. And continue that job for as long as possible. Yeah, decide how it's on until it's not. Yeah. Dang. Nice. Yeah, I I can't imagine uh, jumping right into entrepreneurship without a job. That seems a little uh, level ten risk. No, but you'll jump into unemployment. But that's <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then spend a lot of money on that course too. But that's uh, okay. Um. So with all this, I actually wanted to ask Brian what I know. I know it's a it's a very creative and Christian thing where you combine those two aspects of your life, but um, is there something inside of you that felt like the entrepreneurial sense, like the exciting sense of starting something new, that instead of just combining those two passions, did it? Because I, I, from the three of us, obviously we we haven't done anything super entrepreneurial, so I'm wondering if there was some sort of like really fun, exciting part to all that. Like, do you, let me just make sure I'm understanding the question, like was I excited by the entrepreneurialness of the idea? Yeah. And yeah. just like the, the risk taking that nature of it. Yeah. Even though it's risk reverse. For me to be honest, no, like I was excited by the idea and I think I grew into entrepreneurship as a like thing that I'm very passionate about now. But when I started, it was about the idea and it was an idea that I was very passionate about. You know, I like, I came in, starting Alabaster with like no business experience, um, not really knowing from things like, I don't know how to read a financial statement to like, I don't know what, uh, I don't know how to use digital ads. Like think all those different things that like, uh, I mean, Sian, my wife who studied business, like knew those things more than I did um, when, we, when we started. Uh, to me, it was about the, I was compelled by the product we were trying to create and that motivated me to continue to pursue it. That's awesome. Every day. I think that's how it should be, to be honest. Yeah, don't I, I, I think uh yeah, I don't think you should start something just because you want to be an entrepreneur is not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> the opportunity cost is not worth it. It's not it's just not worth your time unless you are passionate about the thing that you're creating as well. So I know we've hit on your business quite a bit. We've dove I think head first into it. Um, but that doesn't define you, right? You're 
you're beyond that for sure. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, whether there's things going on in your life and that you mentioned you're married. Um, just wondering if you have like, you know, different things that you might want to talk through your, what does, you know, how do you define success? What principles you live by, whatever it might be. And, you know, where do you think you're headed in the next, you know, 10 years? It's quite yeah, a like question because yeah, it's quite the question. I can go anywhere I want. <laughs> um, how about Richie stepped in for my question? How about I step in for his and say, are there any like side projects you work on outside of Alabaster in your personal life? Like maybe you and Sian do something for fun. That's not just business related. In terms of projects, Alabaster is the project. But in terms of like what I like to think about every day, um, I like to think about art as a whole. And so, I mean, my brother and I have been doing a weekly book club where we just read like random artist thoughts from throughout history and i think it's really it's really interesting to hear the different perspectives of how different artists approach the world and how they produce the work that they end up producing i'm married yeah so i think we, we go into married life i think uh, it's been a it's been an adventure for sure uh, getting married and navigating married life uh, but it's also been a lot of fun Nice. Well, I, I mean, I know, I know off the podcast, I would, I need, I need to delve into that because I'd actually love to hear what it's like. Um, but I, I think we should uh, wrap up this part and head on to the main topic. So I'm going to take a piece of Richie's old question and end with how we normally do with guests, which is just how do you define success? Yeah, I love this question because I think it's true that everyone defines this question differently. I think for me, success is about contributing something good to the world. And I, I think, uh, especially in America, right, we live in such like an individualistic culture, but that is only one culture like in the world. And there's so many other cultures out there that are much more about the collective experience or like collective humanity. And so to me, success is about just doing something, producing something, making something, creating something that you feel like is benefiting humanity in some way. I think if you're doing that, it's successful. Dang, I love that. That makes me yeah. feel better about the actions I take. <laughs> That's a great answer. I love that a lot. Nice. All right, well, on that happy feeling, let's, uh, let's roll into our topic for today, which is another happy feeling. Mm. goes by the name of gratitude. And wow. Yeah, isn't that great? So... I think this is an appropriate topic to end our podcast with and also to go into the holidays with because this is the time of the year where we just need to be a little bit more thankful and kind of just remember the good things in life, you know? Even though this year has been a terrible, terrible year, especially into that collective sense that Brian was talking about, um, there's still a lot to be thankful for. And I know a lot of us have had good things happen this year and we all have family that loves us. So I think it's our time to be grateful for them. But, um, how I want to open up with this is more in the specific sense. How are you guys planning to show your gratitude to your loved ones this year for the holidays? And I'll let anyone take it if they have a good answer for this. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's tough for, for me because I won't be able to be present with family. Uh, so I'm definitely taking a lot of time out of my, my day that I'm spending here to be virtually there. Um, cause I know it means a lot. I mean, this is gonna be the first Christmas or first holiday season. I'm without family, which is a little strange because for 26 years or 25 years, I have always been with family and this is going to be, I mean, obviously everybody's in a little bit of a different situation, but for me, it's, it's hard. I've never had a holiday without family, whether it be Thanksgiving, or maybe one or two Thanksgivings, but mainly Christmas where it's, you know, everybody's gathering to to be with family, to be with loved ones, because that's the happiest time of year. You know, that's what everybody says about Christmas. So uh, I'm going to be on as much as I can on, on FaceTime, on Zoom, whatever it is to be with family, because we did end up losing my grandma this year. And this is going to be the first time my mom is without her mom. And so it's kind of tough when you have that relationship with your mom that you want to be there for her. And, and so I'm going to do as much as I can to be present, even though I'm not present. Yeah, that's a, it's a good perspective. And I just want to hop in and say that I know I'm going to be showing a lot of gratitude in the in the sense of like, I'm just going to try and reach out to people and talk to people. And I know the situation with you and your family and your mom. And I, I know your mom very well. So when I'm home, I'm planning to stop by and just 
give her a little bit of love. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm, for sure. She's gonna want it. She's gonna she's gonna love that too. So, so it's one one way I'll, I'll spread the the holiday cheer. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna pick me up along the way, and we can go down Candy Cane Lane together? Yeah, hold no, on. Dude, Skip I'm, too. I'm, Drink I'm alcohol out of a McDonald's cup. <laughs> <laughs> For, for those of you that don't know, where we live, there's this thing called, uh, what is it, Sleepy Hollow, but they actually, like, I think during Christmas time, they, what do they call it, Chris, Kenny Cane Lane? It's Kenny like Cane Lane, yeah, look it up on Google, Kenny Cane Lane Torrance. Yeah, and so we live around there, and uh, I mean, we probably FaceTime Connor while we walk through, so it's a, it's a very, uh, it's, it's basically a couple blocks of just like the most enormous, like obnoxious amount of Christmas lights you've ever seen. And it's a uh, or Christmas or holiday lights, whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Obnoxious yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's just to add more context to that. I remember distinctly a lot of years meeting up at Brian's house with a group of friends, and and we would walk over, and just have a good time. So thousands of people. It's awesome. It's it's great energy. That's it's just pure happiness because you see little kids running around and everybody gets excited. I mean. Christmas lights in general always bring a little twinkle to everybody's eye and it brings a little bit of smile and joy to everybody. So when you get a whole neighborhood that participates that and you get a nickname out of that, um, and you already know it's epic. So it's pretty cool to, to be a part of that every Christmas, which is another reason why it sucks that I can't be home because that energy is, is sometimes what we need in, in the time that we have right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my gratitude just by being present when I'm not even there. I love that. Richie, what about you? You never answer these yourself, huh? Um, <laughs> I give a little answer. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, well, I think a lot of what ends up happening is it's a time for gift giving to people. I mean, people end up giving gifts um, for the most part, whether it's whatever holiday you spend. So I think for me, a lot of, you know, I've been here for quite a while. I've been in a lot of different conversations and sat back and listened. And for me, it's, it's about you know, knowing what they're going to do and knowing their goals and trying to help them get to it, I think, around like when I'm giving gifts and trying to show gratitude that way also. Um, not just, you know, I'm obviously with them and I'm spending time with them and having conversations. Um, you know, just like Connor is like trying to trying to give back in, in any new way possible and like understand what, the, you know, what's going on with the different people in my life. Um, but, you know, having had those conversations, it's also, you know, when I have to give them a gift, um, have to, I guess is, is the wrong word, but when I'm going to give them a gift, um, you know, ultimately I want to give them something that's going to push them in the direction that I know they're going to go or want to go, um, for their goals or whatever it might be. And so, um, you know, that's, that's the way I feel like I show a little bit extra gratitude and, and trying to help them get to, uh, get to where they want to be. It's a very big it boys, uh, answer right there. Mm-hmm. I try to be, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get that bread, baby. We gotta play that part all day. <laughs> nice well uh uh before i move to the next question i actually brian do you, you want to give it a go and you're not so, skipping out of this either dude yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh i mean i think I'm, i mean i think there's a very appropriate topic first of all um i think i think i'm, I'm similar to connor yeah like my, this is gonna be the first time my family's uh not together uh for the holidays i think uh yeah my parents are sad my grandma's especially sad um, so I think uh, just zooming and FaceTiming as as much as possible with them. I think you know ever since my brothers come, we've we tried to zoom a little more often, and um, we visited my grandma. It's very socially distanced today. Uh, drove down to her place and and uh, said hello. So I think uh, you know even though we can't be together for uh, like a meal, I think uh, there's still ways to spend time together, be present together. And uh, I think, yeah, this basically next upcoming two weeks, I think I just want to be as intentional as possible with that uh, as the best way we can with things being virtual. Preach it. I love that word you use, intentional. I think that's a, it's a key part of gratitude that I think a lot of people miss. Um, I, th- I think a lot of people when it comes to gratitude, they're like, oh, I, like, I got a gift or I'm, I'm glad you're here. Which to me doesn't doesn't really scream a lot of gratitude. I think gratitude is more of like that, like kind of really embodying like how 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 much it means to you that someone has done something for you, or just really embodying that. Whereas I, I think it's more gracious when you're just like, yeah, okay, I'm I appreciate it. Eh, but you know, uh, that's just how I am. I think just to bring it back to one of the early 
earliest episodes. I don't even remember which one. It might have been, been the first one, but it's when you're reaching out to your friends and you're saying, hey, how you doing? And the quick answer is just, yeah, I'm good. Um, but you're not expecting anybody to actually like go into the details of how they're actually doing and being intentional enough to like actually go into the details of, hey, I'm, you know, this or that is not going well. And I think during the holidays, her holiday times, I think is the perfect time to just kind of express how you're actually feeling and have these conversations that you might not otherwise have because, um, you know, everybody's going through something. It's just a matter of what and being able to talk through it and, uh, you know, get help wherever you might need it. I think the best form of gratitude for a lot of people is, is honesty. I think like, especially with that question, if someone asks how you're doing and, and if you, if you're honest and tell them how you're doing, I think they'll recognize that and they'll kind of be a little bit inspired, especially this time of the year. Um, so I know, I know for me, another form of gratitude is what I'm going to do on my way down. Uh, I did it on my way from Seattle to SF and Brian is actually one of the people I called or just, you know, just, just call people and just see how they're doing after a long period of time. And I know it might feel, feel weird, especially as time goes on and, and years pile up, but I think it's a really good thing to do and just see how they're doing. I think just when you, when you recognize that you're thinking of someone and they recognize that too, that it, it'll make someone say. Yes, I got that call. And it was special because, you know, we're high school friends, but we don't talk that often. But I think uh, Derek's always struck me as someone who is very intentional with all of his friendships. And so even though we hadn't talked in a while, I really appreciated that call. Uh, yeah, making a blush, Brian. You're making yeah. a blush. And, uh, <laughs> I, feel very, I feel very grateful. <laughs> there you go. Gratitude. Yeah. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is uh, more within our daily lives within ourselves. Um, I know Connor and I listened to a podcast a long time ago, actually on neuroscience, but it was talking about um, what do you actually get out of it for yourself when you practice gratitude, gratitude within yourself. So before we go into the, the chemical side of things, I'd like to ask all three of you, how do you guys practice gratitude on a daily basis or on a weekly basis with yourself? You know, it's tough. Uh, I've always been an advocate of gratitude, yet I'm not as disciplined as I should be with gratitude. I, I know the benefits that come from it, and it just kind of it turns what you have into enough, and sometimes even more. And sometimes you just, I, I personally get caught up with the everyday hustle and bustle of life that I forget about that. And you get into that comparison mode, you get sucked into social media, and it kind of backtracks you a little bit. So yeah, uh, I, I every once in a while when I know I'm getting kind of stumbled on in life, I, I have to take a step back. I have to just take a deep breath and say, okay, where am I at right now? And what can I be thankful for right now? Even though in like the, the, the shittier times, like for me this past week, when it came to Wednesday and I knew I had two bad days already, I just took a step back and, and just took a deep breath for a second and, and told myself to reset and say, you know, I'm not in a bad position. I've had a bad couple of days. And there's that saying where it's, you know, there's what, 86,400 seconds in a day and don't let 10 seconds ruin it. Uh, there's a whole quote and, and saying that goes along with it, but it's like, don't let the little things ruin all of that time. You know, realize that it's only for that short por portion and it's only a little bit of that, little bit of that day. So don't let it ruin the rest of it. I like that. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, we've talked about our journaling before, and I think journaling is a great way to show gratitude. I don't do it every day, um, but I do do it, and I think it's pretty important. I mean, even in the, the journal we have, uh, shout out Mind Journal. This is a sponsor by Mind Journal. If you guys have heard of it, you know a lot of our listeners are in the UK. This is a UK brand, and uh, you know, I don't know that. it is. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, no, Mind Journal actually asks you what are the three things that you were grateful for the most today, and I think it's pretty important question to ask. Um, you know, if you ask these things before you go to bed, I think it's it's really kind of relaxes the tension and you know the stress that you might have experienced throughout the day, and um, you show gratitude and helping you, helping yourself uh, throughout the rest of um, you know just before you go to bed and start your day, right? I guess. Um, I guess some other ways that I potentially show gratitude. I, I don't think these are things that you potentially do every day. Um, just depends how your day is going probably. Um, but yeah, I think just, um, self, self reflecting and, um, different things like that. But I think also, um, the th way I think I show gratitude the most is just being disciplined with different things that I'm doing in my life. You know, it's one thing, um, if, if something shame, just kind of shakes things up in the middle of my day 
um, you know, just trying to stay, stay to those intentions that I had for the day, staying to my disciplined um, approach or whatever I might've been facing that day is super important. Um, if I say I'm going to work out in the night at night at this time, you know, try to stay to that regardless of whatever happened, regardless of, you know, work says I need to work late. Um, you know, you know, you have to kind of separate these things and kind of say no, uh, sometimes potentially, um, you know, I think those, you know, being disciplined and, and living, having every day, um, you know, having each hour of every day, kind of just intentionally having something planned or whatever it might be, you know, sticking to that schedule, I think is super important. Um, and kind of helps me stay, stay, I don't know, gratituded to myself. I don't know if I'm thinking of the word <laughs> grateful for my day. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's where I kind of stand on it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting to me because you both use a certain word when it came to gratitude that I don't, I definitely notice don't associate with gratitude. You both talked about discipline where I, I, I think for me, when I get, I I'm pretty disciplined overall, but when I get too disciplined is where I like kind of get too stressed and I get in my head and it's like, I need to take a step back. So for me, gratitude is more just like kind of what happened with my class this past week where I was like, all right, this is part of a larger goal. I just got to keep going down this path. I know the technologies I want to use and I'm, I'm ready. Even though it's Christmas, I'm just keep working. But then when I like kind of took a step back and I even had Richie remind me about it, I, I was like, oh wait, you know, like I, I should celebrate this. So it's something that we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is small wins, um, which I guess this wasn't a small win, but just celebrating those wins and it, like fully being in that moment. I think being present in anything you do is a good way to practice gratitude and kind of just like take in that moment that you're you're currently in, which I know that I'm currently loving this podcast that I'm in with my, with my friends. Hey, don't fire me up like this, man. I got to go to bed at <laughs> some point tonight. All right. But Brian, I guess, uh, pointed at you, gratitude. Yeah. How do you it? Um, I would say overall, I'm very, I'm not very good at practicing gratitude. Like there, I don't have any, I don't have any daily, uh, ritual or things like that, that, um, I do to practice gratitude, but I think I recognize philosophically and psycho psychologically, like the benefits of it. And so. Um, I think when I do, I, I try, I think I have like an on and off journaling um, routine. Uh, I really like Derek, you kind of bringing up celebrating small wins. I think that's huge. Like to me, why I like that is because uh, it doesn't just rely on me. Like it's, you know, whether it's in the business or being married, like celebrating wins with someone else is like a great way for me to like be accountable to showing gratitude because uh, I wouldn't do it on my own, just by myself. Uh, and then I think lastly, uh, I show gratitude to myself by, I think if I'm having a shitty day, I, what I have noticed myself doing is I will, the self-talk I'll say to myself is, I'm still a good human. Like if, if everything else went wrong, like I'm still a human and I'm still like, I'm a good human being. Things might've been screwy, but at least I'm alive and I'm a human being. That's yeah. the purpose of gratitude right there. Yeah. That is. I, I, I've heard the term happy wife, happy life. So how do you show gratitude <laughs> to your wife on a daily or continuous basis? Oh, I love you, Richie. <laughs> um, gosh, yes, I've heard that term. Um, I mean, I think it's just showing appreciation for what she does and uh, Fiona and I are very, very different. Like the more, the more, uh, we, if we ever, yeah, if we get into me and Sian, like we're just very different people, very opposites. And I think it's, um, just showing appreciation for the ways that we complement each other and the ways that, um, I think just being together makes us better. And I think that could be small things like, uh, you know, small detail things that we do like uh, throughout the day, you know, chores, household things, uh, you know, up to kind of how we overall view our lives and our values and our approaches to um, big questions in our, in our lives. So I think both uh, all those things together can show gratitude that makes to sense. your partner. Yeah. yeah. I think the biggest thing is just being present. 
like you said, just being being there is is a big form of gratitude because a lot of times we lose track of that and we're in different places or we're not in our own current state of mind. We're just thinking about different things and that can really be off-putting sometimes. But being present is one of the best forms of, of gratitude. Yeah, and to tack on to that and also my answer from before, another thing I do to practice gratitude with myself is I have this weekly review on Sundays. Um, it's not gratitude-focused. It's more like to recenter my life so that way I can see all the things I didn't do during the week that I thought I was going to do and be like, oh, you know what? I can, it's fine. Again, I'm a good human being. I'll take, I'm going to start using that. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm alive. I'm check that box. Um, but just, just going through that process of, of reviewing it helps a lot and, and re recentering everything. And it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm grateful for the things I did this week and excited to start this new week is a, is a good way to go. Um, before I toss it to someone else, I do want to show you guys a quote, which I think encapsulates that um, being present thing that we keep talking about. Um, I actually don't know who this is, but I'm a big believer in quotes. So here it goes. If the path is beautiful, let us not ask where it leads. That's it. Uh, well, the person who said it is An Anatole France. Don't know if I said that right. I think we all thought it was going to go way longer. Can you repeat it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, if the path is beautiful, let us not ask where it leads. For sure. For sure, that's enjoying the ride. Yeah, just again, be be present, be grateful. If you're on that path, on that journey towards perhaps success, just enjoy ah. it while. You like what I did there? Ah, tricky. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I actually wanted to ask Connor. I want you to take this one, but can you give us the benefits of gratitude? I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in the brain when you do practice gratitude. Um, and one of those is the release of dopamine. And, you know, a lot of people get that release of dopamine when they complete a task or they think about things that are, you know, outside of us. And the purpose of gratitude is to release that dopamine because you're appreciative of things that are inside. Um, and that's, that's gratitude is like that process of shifting the goal inward. And it almost kind of brings a different perspective it brings it shifts that to like an acceptance type of thing and when you do release dopamine in the brain that's that feel-good chemical um most people understand what dopamine is because you know they've completed something they've won something they've felt that rush and they have felt that excitement and how happy they are and people that practice gratitude are able to release that dopamine whenever they practice that gratitude and it's not an easy thing to do. It's not something that you can just sit in your chair and say, oh, I'm thankful for being alive. And then boom, dopamine rush. And you're like, wow, I feel amazing. Like, oh my God, I'm so happy. Like it takes time. And, you know, with adults, it does take a little bit longer to process things because we have a thing called neuroplasticity. And it's more, that's why kids are so easily uh, adaptable to situations and why it takes a lot longer for adults to kind of build habits and create things for themselves because they don't have that neuroplasticity in their mind anymore or a lack of thereof so it just takes a little bit of time and that's that's where people kind of get flustered with it and that's why gratitude can be so rewarding because you put a lot of work into it you put a lot of thought into it and at, over time you're like damn i'm really seeing the effects of this i'm being appreciative of the things i am i'm being present in the situation and it does take time and you are going to fail a couple times but that's part of creating a habit and understanding the neuroscience of gratitude is that it does actually do things to your body. It does do things to your mind. It does release certain hormones and neurochemicals. And so that's why it's being pushed onto that mental health side of things where it, it, a lot of people think of, like when I first thought of gratitude, I didn't really think of it as, you know, something that was bought, like you could actually have a good feeling about it. I thought people were just doing it because, you know, for personally, it felt good for them. They didn't actually have like an actual chemical or chemical balance happen in their mind and now like the more we're learning about things and the more the human body is being discovered of different things that are acted on um they're really seeing a, a huge side of, of benefits towards gratitude and so i think this is a a great topic to bring on and a, a lot of people should look forward into the next couple years because 2020 has been a shit year i mean for anybody and everybody and so we can always look at the things that put us down or we can look at the things that we have and be grateful for and for some, it may be few, but for others, it may be a lot. And so that's where going forward, 
practicing that gratitude and being thankful for the things you have. So when things do go bad, it, it doesn't seem bad because you actually have the things that are in your life that are making you happy. And so that's, that's a huge purpose of gratitude. And that's what happens in the mind and the mind and the brain. We're still learning a lot of things about it. And that's, what's the coolest thing about the human body is that it's constantly adapting. We're constantly learning new things about it. And that's, that's awesome. I, I nerd out about it all the time. Man, I, I think we just end the podcast there, man. I don't, it just kind of summed it all up. But that's great. I, I completely agree. I, uh, I won't even try to tackle any of that neuroscience stuff for myself. But the, the podcast that I referred to earlier on that Connor and I listened to, Connor recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. is by, um, it was a what podcast? And I think a, the doctor yeah, is. Whoop. Dr. Andrew Huberman. Yeah, he's a yeah. neuroscientist um, with Stanford. He owns a lab in Stanford and he's brilliant. Uh, follow him on Instagram. Uh, Huberman Lab. That's all it is on Instagram. Um, H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N-L-A-B. And like daily, he posts so many things, not along gratitude, but a lot of neuroscience and neurochemical activities that happen and um, how things affect your brain, lights, actions. There, it's, it's very informative. And if you're just, you know, everybody's on Instagram with information, might as well make it useful information. So uh, I really recommend following him because he just he answers questions like you can talk to him. He's just one of those adults that are up with the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. And and for people listening to this, it's not it's not heavy neuroscience stuff. It's not like twenty to thirty minute videos of him going to theory. It's like very short, concise videos that everyday people can understand. Like I, yeah. I get a lot out of these videos, and they I don't even know neuroscience. I know I have a brain somewhere in there. Yeah, <laughs> that it's, I don't know. It's almost like neuroscience for dummies. Yeah, you know the books that are like that. Oh, yeah, anything for dummies. Yeah, yeah. He breaks it down. It, it, it makes it very simple. So I, I would really recommend that. Cool. Nice. Well, uh, I'm going to start wrapping us up for today. Anyone else have anything that they want to say about gratitude? Yeah, hit us with yeah. you. Well, I asked Brian how does he show gratitude to his wife, but I do wonder how do we show gratitude to other people? So I think we should get into that uh, a little bit before we we get out of here yeah. because I do think as the holidays are here, that is something that we will be practicing uh, pretty soon or we might've already. So Derek, you want to take it? Well, do you have any specific, do you have any specific parties in mind? You asked Brian about the happy wife, happy life. I don't have a wife, but I have a happy life. <laughs> no. um, but you do have a, a mother that I think uh, you will likely show gratitude to. I do. He's a mama's boy. <laughs> I am a very big mama's boy, the biggest mama's boy in the world. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I've said on this podcast before that she's the best mom in the world. So I think that's uh, already out there. But um, I'm gonna take, yeah, I, I'm going to take it outside of the holidays because I think we covered that pretty well. Um, I just in, in general, I, I mean, I try to talk to her as often as possible and. Um, she, she deals with a lot. I won't go into my whole life story, but she's been through a lot in her life. And um, I definitely wasn't the most grateful or gracious kid growing up. But I uh, I recognize that now and I just try to be there for her. I try to talk to her every day. I mean, I don't even try. I, I do talk to her every day, sometimes for longer times too. Um, and she deals with a lot with my grandma. My grandma's going through um, early stages of dementia. I won't even say early anymore. It's, it's pretty like ingrained now. It's hard to talk to her. And my mom is the only one there for her. So is as much as I think there's stuff for me to do, I really can't, um, especially since I'm in San Francisco. And even if I was there, there's not much you can do with COVID and all these things. So I just try to talk to my mom and just kind of be a, um, a soundboard for her. So when she wants to vent to someone, I'm there for her. And, you know, I just try to crack jokes because that's, that's all you can do is try to put a smile on her face. And, um, I think I do a pretty good job with her because we know each other pretty well. So I know how to, how to, how to make her laugh. So I, it, it's nice, but um, it just makes me feel really shitty because it's, it's tough because she's the only one having to deal with this. So, but I'm there for her. Yeah. I think one of the things we haven't mentioned, but I think is very important that you just hit on is one of the biggest ways I believe that you can show gratitude towards other people is listening is really mm-hmm. listening. And, you know, understanding what they're going through and being there for them regardless what it is i mean whether it's 
a good thing and celebrating those small wins or whether it's through their darkest times and just being there for them through those things. Um, yeah. So Connor, any, anything you wanted to add to what we just said? Yeah. I'm, I'm a big person of setting my own happiness aside and making sure other people are happy. Um, I know that's the very selflessness in me and I really think that's a dominant characteristic I have where uh, like if I'm having a bad day and I see, you know, for instance, Jill having a bad day, I'm going to do something that is going to make her feel a little bit better. And it may be something that I'm not, I don't really want to do in the moment, but I'm willing to do that to see happiness come out of her. Um, so that's, that's where I would say like actionable items that you can do to benefit somebody else is a great way of showing gratitude to them. Like you obviously mean a lot to my, to my life. I hate seeing you this way. Let me do something to make you feel a little bit better because, you know, days are always going to be tough. You know, that. There's a, there was a quote, Derek, I know you're a big quote person, and there's a difference between a lump in your cereal, a lump in your throat, and a lump in your breast. And so that's one way of just kind of showing that, you know, be, be thankful for what you have right now and make other people feel really happy too. Dang. Yeah. That hits hard. <laughs> Go quotes. Go quotes. Super profound. <laughs> I, I love it. I think it hit great. Um, well, we're, I, I, we're on this little somber, somber tone. Brian, do you want to have anything to add? To you can keep, continue the somber tone if you want, but I'm, I'm hoping you can bring us back up. Bring us back to. Uh, I mean, I, I really like the listening and the. Pre- I think it, I think it comes back to presence. Yeah, just being present with that person, um, no matter who it is. Uh, I think especially because we live in such a digital age, like presence is like our most prized commodity if you even want to call it that and so i think the more you can give people your time and your presence um i think that's that's a beautiful thing and I, uh i know that a lot of people i know have uh do like handwritten letters to people so like um mm-hmm. you know if it's a friend that you haven't talked to in a while or, or, or family members um just writing a handwritten letter and sending it to them is a great you know just saying what you're thankful for them for is uh great on so many levels uh one because you're showing gratitude two because it's a letter and it's handwritten something that's really well thought out and um yeah i've heard very very good things about doing something like that i love that yeah taking time it actually shows that you took time to do something for them where and not not necessarily an email doesn't do the same thing but i get you with the the handwriting and it's just your personal touch to it that's amazing i never something so simple can be so so amazing sometimes. I yeah. uh, I know we have a challenge this week, but we need to add this to the queue. as something we get, we got to do because this is okay. This is this is <laughs> one of the things that we could, I think we could pivot. Let's do it because I've never done it, and again, I I don't have any personal experience in this, but I think we should do it. I love Ooh. it. Yeah, let's do it then. Dude, I like that our first in episode challenge. I love it. But uh, I on that I was gonna say I have a friend who who does that, and she sends postcards anytime she goes anywhere. And I was included on one of her on her list for postcards, and it made me feel really good. And now, occasionally, like literally, I don't talk to her daily, weekly, monthly basis, but sometimes we'll send each other postcards for uh, from trips we did. I sent her one from Yellowstone, and it was just really nice. You sent one from Yellowstone? I didn't, didn't even know. Not, not from Yellowstone, but I got a postcard, and then I wrote her one afterwards. I see you. Yeah, so it was pretty nice. Damn. Nice. Wow. Brian, you brought us back up. You did it. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, Richie, have anything else you want to talk about? Or should I can I get into closing us out? I mean, I could always keep, keep going. You know, you know how I am. Just things pop in. Just <laughs> cool. Connor, Brian, anything else you want to throw in there? No, I'm good. All right. Cool. So, um, we had a challenge, but we're tossing that out for this new one. So the new challenge, what I want all of us to do, all four of us and all of you listeners out there, and we will be checking in on the first episode of season two, is that write someone a handwritten letter. Uh, does a postcard count? Can we, since we're doing this right now, postcard or a yeah, letter? Why not? Cool. Any, postcard. Anything that's got your handwriting on it that you took some time to do and sent it to somebody, I think that should be the challenge. There it is. I also like this a lot, too, because... Like for those people that don't like the anxiety of talking on the phone or talking live, it 
you just kind of like have a little conversation on the letter or on the postcard and you don't really have to worry about like that, that awkward silence when you're talking live. So I think that works well. It's like the primitive texting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, Derek, another quote. Uh, like we're in a time where we're so connected yet so far away. I think I read that somewhere, you know, with technology at our fingertips. We're, yeah. we're literally the closest we've ever been, but sometimes the furthest we've ever been. I'll have to find I'll, sh I'll share it with you. Anyway, that's all. You paraphrase it pretty well. Yeah, something like that. Cool. All right, well, that's a challenge. Send a postcard, a letter to someone, close one, friend, loved one, whoever. Um, and with that, I will say it one last time. Do I, I think I'm forgetting something. Oh, um, the, the journal, the self-journal, the best self-journal. Um, this is the last reminder I'm giving to our listeners. Um, they're not a sponsor, but I just think it's a really cool thing to do. It's a 13-week, um, broken up to 13 weeks where you can track your goals. So I know Connor, Richie, and I have our, our yearly goals pretty much set for next year, and we'll be giving out a, a podcast for that and talking about logistics. But if you want to join us, get that Bell Self self journal and start 2021 on a good note. No podcast now, next week, right? What? No podcast next week. Nope, out. no podcast next week. No. Yeah. No, no, be no, present. No. Be present. This one on which day, Derek? Uh, that's a good question. I believe it's January 4th. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm proud of myself. We have a <laughs> lot of work to do between now and then, just so that listeners know. We're going to be introducing some aspects. So stay tuned. Get excited. Oh, dude, fire me up. We got to go to bed. So. <laughs> All right. With that, eat a baguette weekly on Mondays starting next year. <laughs> and you can always eat that week. Yeah. And don't forget that if you're celebrating the holidays, you can always bring a baguette with you. <laughs> oh, sorry, let me put my baguette down. I didn't realize you podcasters were still listening. Well, since you are, why not head over to our Instagram page at the underscore baguette underscore boys and DM us. Let us know how all the challenges are going. And why not let us know how your yearly, maybe monthly or even weekly goals are going. We'd love to interact with you guys and get new perspective to see how we can better ourselves and maybe even better you. Catch you guys next Monday. Peace out.